Hey guys, Jason here with Spectrum Labs. I got a short episode for you today. This one is with Blake Butler. He is the executive director of the North Carolina Industrial Hemp Association. In, in this short episode, we talk about Blake's conversations or, um, or insights from some of his different members. Uh, some might be feeling optimism towards the future. Some might be feeling worried about their businesses and what might happen uh, throughout and after this COVID-19 crisis. He also shares some insights about what to think about during this downtime or possible downtime for some of you uh, about future opportunities, uh, innovating, possible partnerships. And then he also shares some uh, positive messages and some encouragement, which I think we could all use at this point in time uh, about how to think about things today and what uh, what to consider for the future, uh, which there's a lot of uncertainty, but uh, at some point we'll come out of it. Uh, hopefully this conversation is helpful to you. And if you have any suggestions or questions about any topics that we should cover in the future, please feel free to reach out uh, on our website at thespectrumlabs.com and you'll find our contact information on there. So here is a brief and helpful and hopefully insightful conversation with Blake Butler. Blake, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me on the Hemp Startup Journey. I hope that you're doing well today. I'm doing great, Jason, and thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's real important that you're doing something like this in a time when we cannot gather publicly, but we still yeah. need to get the right information out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so we're talking uh, the beginning of April, I guess end of uh, March. I, I don't even know what day it is. Uh, it feels so strange. Uh, but um, yeah, I think a lot of a lot of things have been changing on a daily basis. So I really want to dig into some things. Uh, you are the uh, a network extraordinaire, so you're always talking to people, uh, politicians, people in our hemp industry, and so I just wanted to talk to you today and just kind of see what you're seeing out there in North Carolina, uh, maybe U.S., uh, and then just kind of some things that we can start to think about uh, moving forward here today with a lot of the uncertainty that we have present. I'd be so, happy to. Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's just start here. Um, first of all, just to give a little bit of context for folks, uh, what do you do? I'm the executive director of the North Carolina Industrial Hemp Association. We're a 501c6 trade organization in North Carolina, and we represent all the stakeholders in the industry, from the grower to the retailer, to the processor, and all the professional services involved. And we encourage that as an association. And I think that's why we've been successful in North Carolina, because we do have insurance agencies, attorneys, accountants, and others that are there to provide guidance for the grower or the farmer that's never needed a business plan or needed, you know, uh, to plan strategically financially. So, you know, our association as much as we can, Jason, tries to bring as professional acumen into what we're doing so we can be seen as the most credible new industry out there. Yeah, and I think professionalism is such a key word for our industry. You know, we have a lot of great people. Uh, I think on on the um, maybe not so great side, sometimes we've had folks coming in from a different kind of culture. Uh, and I think for the consumer, sometimes when there's a lack of professionalism, it sort of uh, creates a certain stereotype, you know, kind of a negative stereotype. And I think you and folks at your association bring that professionalism that we need so much to let people know that, hey, you know, these people are serious. You know, they're, they're concerned about, you know, whether it's our health or about the integrity of the industry. Industry. So I definitely appreciate what you guys are doing with that uh, professionalism side of things. I think it's it's a word that we throw around a lot, but it's really important. 
Well, and it's how you approach each challenge with a new industry. And, and I'll give you an example. Last year in North Carolina, we spent a lot of time and a lot of our resources defending our industry from a ban on smokable hemp. Mm-hmm. And once the legislature and lawmakers tagged us with that term, smokable hemp, it gave folks a different perception Mm -hmm. of what our industry was doing. As we know it, it's a different delivery method of CBD. We know folks get relief from it, but there was a different picture, picture that was painted and we had to go down there and play defense as some we're trying to define our industry. And in our case, we want to change that moving forward. And now that we do have a pause because of the coronavirus, it gives us a little bit more time is how would we approach this? In other words, I don't even want to use the term smokable hemp in any of our legislation or any of our activities going forward. What I would like to pivot to, Jason, is craft commodity flour. Because that's truly what it is, the flower from the plant that takes different paths, whether it goes to a processor, it might go to a retailer to be used in a smokable fashion. But again, as a relief method, another delivery method for CBD for that customer. And But approaching it with more offense and knowing what we know about North Carolina uh, gives us an advantage as we engage again this year. The timing is unpredictable. Yeah. It's something that a lot of people are panicking about, and I'm trying to calm everybody down, but there's really no answers of will we go back into session on April 28th? I would say no at this point, as far as the North Carolina legislature. Uh, will we go into session at all? I'm not sure. I think we have to be realistic again that there's other priorities that our lawmakers have to uh, put forth right now based on what our state, our nation, our world is going through and how it affects all businesses. And remember that we're especially vulnerable as a new business. And that's why we are continuously communicating with our members and trying to get a feel of where everybody is. And realistically, everyone is not going to be able to survive. Yeah. And I think that's the case with small businesses across the board, not only in the CBD and hemp industry. And we have to be very aware. But as you mentioned before, we cannot be complacent because we all got into this to do some good. We all got into this to tell an American story, to help our community, to turn away from the pill and look to a plant. And all that still stands. And it could become more important than ever before after we get through this crisis. Yeah, absolutely. I know we'll, we'll get through it eventually. Sometimes it's difficult you know, when you're in the middle of it, right? Like we're in the thick of it at this at this moment and uh, it's challenging. But uh, I feel like I mentioned before we started recording and just for myself, I'm my mind is starting to lift out of the, the supposed fog of uh, whatever you want to call it, whether it's like, you know, depression or just the, the, the huge amount of anxiety, uh, the, the uncertainty. Right. Just not knowing. I think it's one thing if somebody says like, hey, you know, you're going to be shut down uh, as terrible as that might be. That that's one thing Like you sort of know. But I think when we just don't know for nobody's fault, but we just don't have a clear picture of what can happen. We, you know, we have numbers and data and estimates of what it could look like for uh, for the health 
of our nation. Uh, but then, of course, that um, it, then we're talking about the health of our businesses, uh, the businesses that you work with in the hemp industry. So it's just we just mired in so much uncertainty. Um, so you talked about the the feel of of members and and their mindset. Uh, you've talked to a lot of folks in the past few days. What are you hearing from folks? Like, are folks feeling positive? Are they, you know, scared for their businesses? What are you hearing on the street? I think it just depends how long they've been engaged in the industry. We have a lot of members that will be planting for their third year. And so they've learned some hard knock lessons the first and second year. But for the second year planner that might not have seen success with their harvest last year, um, you know, we've been very honest with them. You have a three-year license, and if you don't feel good about planning, you don't have to plan. I'll quote my friend Chase Werner from Triangle Hemp. He said, I'll tell people to plant a garden and hone your skills once again. You can still have a few hemp plants. Your license still exists. But if you don't feel like you need to get out there again and take that risk, then don't do it. You do not have to plant because it does start with the grower. Jason, we need the grower, the farmer to once again feel like there's a supply chain that exists after all this. Yeah. And I think you hit on a real valuable point earlier about folks being nervous, but I will tell you that I have used this once again to remind people that we love exchanging that poster on social media about the 10,000 uses of hemp. But in reality, we haven't even touched 9,999 of them. Sure. It's really true. And, you know, knowing that we talk a lot about growing for fiber and creating a new economic system within our country and not relying on China and the fiber that they grow for our hemp clothing and other byproducts. This might be our opportunity to see the industry as a true agricultural commodity and start to diversify. Now, I know a lot of growers and farmers aren't going to like to hear that because the cost per acre is going to be a lot lower. We're going to have to really go out there and convince the Patagonias and the North Faces and the Loomis's internationals to buy from our growers. So it's going to take a lot of cooperation and coordination. And quite honestly, it's a three to five to seven year plan. And it's not a get rich quick scheme. But as we know, everyone cannot grow for floral purposes, for CBD. And after this, the market, in my opinion, is going to be even more challenging and trickier to find sustainability. I think uh, before this, the whole coronavirus thing started happening. Uh, there was a lot of talk, in, at least regionally in, in this area in North Carolina, uh, folks talking about uh, growing hemp for fiber uh, or uh, for specific consumer strains, maybe CBN or CBG. Um, in regards to um, growing for fiber, uh, one of the things that I heard often is that folks are saying, well, I can't grow it yet because the infrastructure is not there, so I can grow it, but there's nobody there to purchase it. Um, it is that true, or what are you hearing? You know, are there people that can take that fiber and then turn it into whatever, furniture, or I've heard of hemp it's hempery? Very it's very true, Jason. We do not have the infrastructure in place yet. 
Um, we do have a small operation in Siler City, North Carolina, a decorticator. That's the machine that can really break down that fiber one step of it before it's made into a product. There was a large facility in Kentucky, and unfortunately, uh, they are no longer around, and they even discussed building a plant out in Lumberton last year, but the market conditions changed. But here is what we do have in North Carolina. We have NC State University. Mm-hmm. And part of the strength of that university system is textiles and engineering. And I think you and I discussed when we met that the next generation is really going to innovate on this space. I mean, I'm 51. I'm still fairly young, but I've been in this six or seven years, and I'd love to see the engagement and the partnership with an NC State first so we can truly figure out what paths to take with fiber. And then I think those companies could come along knowing that we're trying to figure out A to Z, not just a quick one, one-off kind of deal like, hey, let's grow a little bit of fiber and make this. Let's try to truly figure it out. And could it change North Carolina? Could we once again engage all the universities and the community colleges in the counties that need it so much and train folks for a new skill that can process fiber and have a co-op of 80 to 100 farmers growing hemp for fiber 50, 100 miles around. It sounds exactly like the Burley Tobacco Co-op days because that is the model. The farmer grower should just be concentrating on that harvest and then getting back to that next planting and be able to bring himself together, co-op, if you will, with other farmers. And after it is dried or, you know, just to be passed on. And remember, when you grow hemp for fiber, a big difference, Jason, is that can sit in the barn. It can sit in the barn for nine months, for 12 months. It's not being consumed. It doesn't have the restrictions that we all need to place on our growers if they're growing for floral because they've got to have it in a climate-controlled situation to avoid mold and mycotoxins. Our processor's not going to take it unless they're going to have to clean it. And as you know, it's, it's quite a process. Yeah. So you would just rather folks know what they're doing and be able to pass it on after that seven to 10 um, you know, day drying period to the processor. But on the fiber side, we can get ahead of the game. And once we form some partnerships and say NC State says, you know, this sounds good. Maybe we can do something together in the fall. Then just I think those kind that kind of news going out there might pique the interest of some of those companies instead of us just going out there saying, hey, pay our farmers to grow for fiber and create a new clothing line. I think we need some university partnerships to do it right, especially those like NC State that have a historical kind of portfolio of how they worked with textiles and continue to work um, in that arena. Okay. Yeah. I feel like um, this could be a good time for innovation and just thinking about, you know, what am I, or what is my company going to be focusing on after we get out of this pandemic? Um, And so textiles, I mean, that, that could be a great idea. I like the, you know, the idea of um, aligning 
with the university? Do you know anybody there or a certain department that, you know, everybody that listens to this, you know, if we're, if we're in North Carolina, that should reach out to a certain person or department? Uh, do you have any ideas that, we, that might uh, prompt some action there? Well, I think um, I will in a few months. Um, yeah. I have talked to Dean Linton from the Plant Science School and others about how we could work together. Um, but I think moving forward, once we figure out how to reapproach our industry in North Carolina, if that's part of the conversation, um, even our legislators, in my opinion, will be very uh, encouraged knowing we're trying to diversify across the state. Um, CBD is tricky. And, um, you know, I use that term lightly in what you go through with law enforcement and regulations. And I was thinking earlier when you were talking even in a time like this, if we had just a simple statement from the FDA, like vitamin E has as a supplement that's on the side of every bottle, this can help your immune system and keeps you with a healthy heart. Just something like that, you know, would help give some guidance and we wouldn't lose credibility in what we build up. And I think that's real important in this pause too, is our industry worked really hard in the midst of not having any approvals from the FDA that CBD was safe. But what we see across the board is CBD is helping folks. Now, granted, we can't go out there and make any claims, but I definitely have not read an accurate story that CBD has hurt anybody. And I believe, like so many of us, that the cannabis plant is here for a reason. And I think when so much else fails, we return back to our roots, no pun intended, and look for those plants that we know have multi-uses. And there is no plant out there that you can build with, that you can heal with, get relief from, that you can feed a population with by exploring more hemp seed and grain opportunities. There is not another plant out there, period. And maybe this will be a wake-up call in a way that we can play more offense, let people see our industry differently as we really are trying to help now. We're trying to do everything we can with this plant to help our communities and bring back the places, the small towns that need it the most. So I think if we all stay encouraged and realistic that we're going to lose some members, we're going to lose some folks, we're going to lose some growers. It's just going to be the nature of the beast with the changing market. But at the same time, if we stay encouraged and look for new partnerships and opportunities, um, I think North Carolina will be one of those top, hemp states. I think agriculture is in our DNA. Yeah. Um, you're a true advocate. Like I, every time I've talked to you, you, I, I just feel it from you. So thank you for, for that, for being well, that, that voice. Um, besides, um, possible, um, partnerships between universities and, uh, you know, hemp cultivators, any other, um, maybe just ask it differently. Uh, what are the things should we be thinking about in this time? Right. You know, I've heard of certain uh, hemp companies that are doing well. I've heard of other companies that maybe they're not doing so well. So uh, in a time of uh, maybe pause, we can consider what we can do after 
this uh, this turmoil, what are the things do you think we should be thinking about? Whether partnerships, whether new ideas, maybe pivots, uh, absolutely getting out of the business, maybe uh, I don't know. But just from you, you have a lot of experience in this field. What are some ideas that you have there? That's a great question. I think first we need to support our retailers. You know, they are mostly shut down. In some cities, they're still open here in Asheville, North Carolina, where I am. Some of them are still un- open under the health and nutrition category. But as I talk to them, they do not have the walk-in traffic. Some of them are doing curbside pickup. But most of them are offering gift cards. And like we've shifted our website uh, that even has your company, Spectrum Labs, on there, Jason, a great lab here, processor outside of Asheville. Um, you know, we, we're trying to do everything we can because everyone is moving into this virtual world. So if you do believe in our products and go out there and support our retailers on their online stores, that, that's so important right now. And I'll tell you why is because what I mentioned earlier, you know, sure, we have plenty of growers in the in- indoor complex and in the greenhouse complex that are harvesting two or three times a year. But then we have that outdoor grower that's trying to figure out, should I plan again and strength from the retailers that the products are still moving and there's still opportunity there would be a good sign. So if you can, please support our retailers. And, and the second thing I would say is that, you know, I think we should all use this opportunity. It's going to sound kind of corny to get healthier and just check ourselves. Yep. And I'm doing it. I'm trying to figure out how I can be more effective, how I can be better for not only what I do for our members, but just as our community and our town cities awaken again. I mean, we've got to have that kind of leadership and those people that go out there and say, it's okay. Yeah. You yeah. can come out of your house. We can gather again. I mean, it's okay. And I, I don't mean that to sound corny, but I do mean it. Yeah. Because, I mean, what I miss the most right now is being able to have those events. Last year at this time, we were getting ready to stage an event called Plant. We brought all our first-time planners from our membership to Lillington and taught them how to plant indoor and outdoors. And to think we're not going to be able to do that is tough. So, you know, again, support our retailers because they're in a real pivotal position to decide how long can I stay a lot. And that really comes down to, can I still move the products I need to move online? Because I'm not allowed to have my storefront open right now. Mm-hmm. So I think that'd be one thing. And the second thing, again, to be more of a, just a leader in our thinking, like our industry is to go out there and take risk and just, you know, have more of an assertive voice after all of this is over. And I just think, you know, checking ourselves and being sure we're all doing that. Uh, for those folks around us. Yeah, totally agree. Um, so it's probably a good time to start wrapping up. Um, is there any other message that you want to leave people with? Um, or if not, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you if they want to reach out? Absolutely. If you'd like to learn more about our association, you can go to ncindhemp.org. And when Jason shares this with, with me, I'll include it. Um, in the text, and we'd love to have you join us. Like I said, things are a little bit different in the next two to three months, and that we're going to be doing more webinars. We're trying to 
put together a planning webinar to take care of what I mentioned earlier, since we can't gather, um, as well as podcasts like this. And any information we can put out there, um, our association is in support in it, of it, and we'll do everything that we can. And, um, you know, more than anything, just know that there is another side of this, and it's all up to us of the attitude that we have when we come out of this. And, um, you know, our industry and every industry, every small business needs support after it's all over, but we just got to support each other. So I appreciate you doing this, Jason, because this gives me an opportunity uh, to share information with a lot of folks. And yeah. uh, thank you very much. Absolutely, Blake. Thank you. Thanks for uh, being a good leader and keeping the positivity going. Uh, we can all use that right now. So don't stop uh, and keep I staying healthy. <laughs> awesome, Blake. So look forward to chatting with you next time. Thanks so much. Hey guys, and before you go, this is Jason from Spectrum Labs. Please be sure to visit us on the web at thespectrumlabs.com for any show notes and links discussed in the podcast. Also, remember to click the subscribe button wherever you may be listening from so you get notified when our next episode comes out. And tune in next show and have a fantastic day. 